Microphone check, one, two, what is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. Here we are again at the end of a Turning nothing into something, overcoming your surroundings, exhibiting incredible perseverance have all served as major components to the stories of hip-hop greats throughout the years. And today, I am joined by someone who absolutely fits that bill. Someone who has succeeded with his integrity and authenticity intact, despite the odds. That man is Chicago's Vic Spencer, whose 2022 has been stellar, having dropped some great records in Still Here with Dr. Mindbender, Mudslide with Small Professor, and most recently, Psychological Cheat Sheet 3 with August Fanon. So if you're interested in feeling inspired or enlightened today, this conversation with Vic Spencer is for you. And if you're not into that sort of thing, cool. I think DJ Academics has exactly what you're looking for. The Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. Through in-depth album and song reviews, as well as artist interviews and general rap commentary sprinkled in between on all of what the mainstream and underground rap scenes have to offer, this is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. Vic Spencer, welcome to the show, man. How are you doing? Peace and love, peace and love, man. I'm feeling good. How about you, man? I'm great. Had to push on because they was laughing at me. Had to stand strong when they attacked me. I never got into arguments with none of my family. I never been loved because nobody can handle me. I never been hugged. Instead, they want to scramble me. I never been in touch. Everybody been scanning me. Insanity. How the money look annually. I feel like nobody on this planet but me. Happy birthday. Happy belated birthday. Thank you, man. Appreciate that love. You've had a you've had a huge year in 2022. Like you've dropped three great projects, and I think those are really solidified you as like definitely one of my favorite artists out right now. And I think it's solidified that for a lot of people. These last couple of years have been pretty pretty outstanding. Appreciate that, man. I just appreciate y'all tuning y'all ears, lending your ears to the work, man. That's that's what matters the most, man. That's why you know I love doing what I do. But it's also a boost when when you got people that just continue to uh, show you that love and continue with support. You mm. Show. And and one thing in particular that I really like about your music is that you kind of have you maintain like a level of humor and edge, and I feel like it adds a lot of levity to like pretty emotionally charged personal subjects that you like are very open with that could otherwise be very depressing as a listener, you know, and it makes for music that's like really honest, but it doesn't like, I don't feel like it really drags me down like a cliff, like some other music does where you're really going to kind of feel that, uh, feel kind of in a negative headspace almost. Um, and it reminds me a lot of someone I know that you really love Sean Price. I think he's like, I can see that influence through and through because like you guys are both just, or were both just so unapologetically authentic, like 24 seven. And I wonder, yeah. like, does it does it feel difficult being so open and honest in your music that, like, you know, invariably is exposed for like everybody to hear? 
sometimes I'll be weary on self, but sometimes I also think about like how my music can help others. And then sometimes, you know, being a, I, I sometimes be like a selfish uh, listener or I'm listening to myself trying to figure out if it's gonna help other people and stuff like that. I just realized that sometimes when I'm doing the music that I'm doing, I kind of like take myself out of the equation. You know what I'm saying? So that way, you know, um, I won't get, I won't feel like a certain way about it. But then also I like to uh, think about a lot of the negatives that happened in my life and uh, how I also just made all of those negatives into positives all the time. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I, I just think about that more than anything, just being more positive, uh, regardless of how I grew up and how I was raised. And I just try to maintain some a level of positivity because it could have been worse for me. And, you know, I try to display that more than try to, you know, have people in the down, because I, I know stuff happens in the world and, you know, we got to speak on it. And, you know, some music can get you in that, you know, somber that, you know, but I also want to put out that kind of music too. But then I also want to leave the, it's going to be okay mm -hmm. in my, in my, in my, in my records. And, you know what I'm saying? And, and uplift, you know what I'm saying? Because my music literally helps me. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I listen to it with somebody else's ear all the time. I listen to my music with somebody else's ear. That, I, don't, I don't know if that makes sense, but I no, always I do you. that. Yeah, I always do that. Like soon as somebody give me some sort of uh, critique, I try to go listen from that perspective. You know what I'm saying? It might be mad difficult, but I still try to do it because it's just room. It's, I always thought that I was a, a rapper that could kind of be like in conversation with a person. So it's like I I treat though I I treat it like with those same contents with you know listening and you know trying to drill out what they thought and you know just just get on a level of the listener, you know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. I feel like even when you're talking to somebody, you work with them based on where they at in the conversation, you know what I'm saying? Better, whether you better than them or you or they better than you, you just dealing with the situation at hand and then eventually you're going to be like, yeah, everything's going to be okay. So that's kind of like my approach mm -hmm. with the with the rapping, making sure that, you know, I'm I'm not like being like mad depressive on records and stuff like that. I always, I, I still want to encourage. I still want to uplift. Man, yeah, I love how you said that like, you're making music with like, the ear of the listener. Like, I, I do find that there's not every artist can feel like as, like, relatable gets thrown around a lot. Like, oh, is artist relatable? And most times people are like, they talk about things that um, I was, like I being the listener have been through, which is great, you know, that that's cool. But you don't need to, I think, need to like have similar life experiences necessarily to feel like you relate to an artist. And I think like that's yeah. something that like, because I don't I don't share a lot of the life experiences you had, but I feel like I you're like very much like a very personable individual in like how you carry yourself and like how you present yourself in your music. And that's what I that's what I love. And that's why I love like I, that's why I brought up Sean Price, because he's like one of the only rap, like not one of the only, but he's one of the strongest examples of that in rap, I feel, because he had that whole like, broke his rapper you know thing and it was just like you're so confident self-aware and that's just like that was really like uh well i think one of the things that made him so special other than being like a fucking yeah. amazing rapper obviously absolutely but no i respect that and and you know like 
from my vantage point, it's impressive to see how much love that I feel like you've been receiving from your peers. Like I see it all the time when I'm on Twitter. Like I know like when, as you were promoting this latest record with Fanon, psychological cheat sheet three, um, I, I was seeing a lot of like rappers I follow being like, man, like you inspired me to do X, Y, Z. Like you're the reason I started rapping. And I feel like, uh, you know, like outside of simply making great music, I feel like a big reason why you garner that respect is that you show love and like you signal boost from art for other artists that you work with and or respect. And I don't yeah. think that's very common a lot of times in the industry these yeah. days. I'm, I'm wondering Absolutely. like, why do you think rap artists these days adopt that kind of like crab in a bucket mentality of, and, and like, how have you been able to break free from that? I feel like rappers is, uh, I think they, they like halfway supportive. I, I feel like rappers don't, completely fully support another artist it's, it's just like when you go hustle on somebody block even though you know them you're gonna go step on their toe you're still stepping on their toes because you know what i'm saying everybody don't know you and then i also feel like some of these artists they might say face in person but on the internet you know what i'm saying it's like you you actually helping them like i think rappers think it's a weakness to kind of like help other artists you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like, you know, when you see me on, when you, when you get me on records and like, just like, just take uh, me being on records with like uh, Ransom and Rock Marcy and, you know, all of these guys. And, um, you know, you don't see a, a, a personal retweet from none of those guys. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it, it, it leaves you in question. Like, you know what I'm saying? Did they really, fuck with you, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And do they really, you know, it's, it's, I think it's more of that than the crab in the barrel now. Like back in the day, it was more of a crab in the barrel, everybody trying to be competitive. But now it's just like, man, yeah, I don't want to be seen supporting this artist because maybe he's been in, the, I've been in the spotlight for this and a lot of artists. Like mm, I've been yeah, in the spotlight yeah. for, for shitting on a lot of artists and people don't like to be attached to that. They're trying to save face and stuff like that. But when you working with me, you get Vic Spencer in its entire, and you know what I'm saying? To expect that from other artists, it's just that it, it, it's not going to work. You're going to uh, be let down. And that's what I've experienced with, with artists. You know what I'm saying? I just take the respect that, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I got a Rock Marcy verse. I got a Ransom verse. It's just like, yeah, they gave me a pack to go serve. Now, oh, man, you want me to do your work for you too? No, nah, I'm not going to, you know what I'm saying? No, nah, I'm going to do the work. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So I don't take it personal like I should be or like artists should, but I know what it feels like to take it personal. You know what I'm saying? To take something personal when somebody don't support your music, especially if they are on an album, like, you know what I'm saying? What's hard to retweet it? It makes me feel like, yeah, somebody's been talking bad about me around this artist and yeah. they don't want to be seen supporting me. And it just makes me think about stuff like that. So I just feel like the love needs to be reciprocated 100%. If you're going to do a feature for an artist, you know what I'm saying? Just do this and do the same thing you would do if it was somebody else. I feel like if uh, if if Kid and Play got a song with I mean, Ice T, you know what I'm saying? You're going to see both of them supporting each other. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to see a, you're not going to get a, you know what I mean? But if you see uh, Kid and Play with Vic Spencer, you know what I'm saying? You're going to see Vic Spencer pumping that more than anything. 
You know what I'm saying? And you gonna you ain't gonna see kids in play say anything. Mm-hmm. They just gonna be looking at you like, yeah, I gave you the pack. Now you go work the pack. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's that's my approach. Yeah. That's my approach on it. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I shouldn't have that approach because I feel like people should reciprocate the love that I yeah. dish out. But you know, it's 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 all politics. It's all competition. You know what I'm saying? And it's it, it, it's terrible, and it could be discouraging. I just I just, I just wish that rappers wouldn't be on that. If you going some, if you if if you a big time artist, just don't don't just RT another big time artist. Y'all all got the money. Y'all all got the accolades. Y'all all got what you need. You know what I'm saying? Support somebody that you least when the least expected. You know what I'm saying? You don't know what kind of wonders or what kind of numbers or what thing what can inspire transpire from that. And I think that rappers, I think rappers understand that they just don't, they just selfish like that, man. So it's a selfish act. Uh, and, you know, I want to be a model, uh, a, a total a anti, a anti against that. I'm anti yeah. against that. And I don't think like, I guess, like speaking like from a listener perspective, I don't think artists understand that like we can see that too. Like, yeah. I mean, when I, when I see, uh, a rock marcy making a track like featured on a track with vic like people a- assume that that is a cosign like they think oh they like each other or they like they fuck with each other's work why else would they be making music we don't think initial like people aren't thinking oh business this was a good political move for their career like a lot of times people are like okay he likes that guy so when we don't see it like especially because we fought a lot of these people follow these artists that we love when we see like oh like they made a song i didn't hear that from him yeah. that's odd like exactly. we, we notice yeah. it like it's it's not that hard to see because we do see like you said like the bigger the more established artists you can tell who they really clearly either like or more than like it's more like who they think is advantageous to their career and they because those yeah, are the ones like, that are propping yeah, up like you can you can it. tell yeah i got accused for that one time like yeah like man you only rt stuff that benefits you like i was blown away by that like because i'll be i'll be hella supporting mad people you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? I'm support people that don't have a platform. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That I believe in. You know what I'm saying? So when somebody told me that, it's just like, man, that's what's really happening to me mm. with all these guys. You know what I'm saying? You see me on pictures with guys. If you see me on pictures with guys, nine times out of ten, we done did some kind of work. But that's it. You're not gonna see nothing else from nothing. You can just, if I wasn't posted, then it would never happen. Mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying or or spoke of so i just don't I, I don't feel like it should be like that but you know rappers gonna rappers you know what i'm saying they gonna rappers gonna be a rapper you know i feel like that's one of the things that you know i kind of stay away from you know what i'm saying that's why i only rock with people that i that that i love or i listen to or i'm trying to put somebody on because it's natural it's natural as hell it's not because mm-hmm. i'm going to speak my mind and be very natural about any and everything so if i'm listening to an artist and I want to be very vocal about it on Twitter, then that's just what I'm going to do. I'm not going to think about my career. I'm not going to think about is this going to hinder what somebody else said because they done dissed this artist before. And mm-hmm. it's just a whole bunch of BS, man. That's, you know, unnecessary BS. If you rocking with a person, just rock with a person, whether it's online, whether it's in person. Don't treat me one way in person and then be some type of dick online. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Don't do one. You know, you know, yeah, that's and that's what a lot a lot of that's going on. It could be discouraging, but you know, if you a person like me, 
you work on multiple projects and you don't think about what these artists is doing or, you know, I'm, I'm holding on, waiting on this artist to finish this and that. Nah, I got 15 other albums to worry about. I don't want nobody to feel like I need them or need or, or, or I need a co-sign. Sean Price said I was the best rapper in Illinois. I'm going to hold on to that for the rest of my life. As nobody you should. Can ever you know, none of these rappers ever got that type of compliment. So, you know what I'm saying? So I just hold on to that. And, and be thankful and blessed for that and just, you know, keep it pushing. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what Sean Price would want me to do anyway. Keep it pushing. Mm. And I want to, I want to pivot now to like something that's definitely like serves as like good context for, especially the records that you put out recently in 2022. And that's just generally like your backstory that was definitely challenging and like put you through a lot, but I feel like really impacted you as it obviously would. And like, so I was wondering, could you delve into some of your experiences as a child in a group home and how all of this influenced the music and like, and how you've been able to navigate in hip hop? Like, how did that really influence really everything that you do? Um, I always felt like I was a, a basketball player or I was going to be a basketball player when I was a shorty. And when I entered those group homes, um, that dream was taken away from me. I always was dibbing and dabbing and rapping. You know what I'm saying? I, I modeled Bread Man, how he rap all the time when I was a shorty. And I dibbed and dabbed in it, but, you know, I didn't take it serious until that uh, basketball dream was stripped away from me. I was uh, supposed to go to a Alonzo morning basketball camp and wasn't able to go because I was in a group home that restricted me from going out of the state. Oh. So, so I had to channel to something else. You know what I'm saying? I always was rapping, like I said. So I just took that serious. You know what I'm saying? I started rapping on karaoke machines and focusing on trying to do one takes every time I press record. And that's when I started to develop a, a, a skill for rapping. You know what I'm saying? And um, being in those group homes, it kind of like, made me drown myself in the rapping you know what i'm saying that's definitely the group home uh and making that decision to rap literally drowned me into really wanting to do it to the point where uh a lot of people a lot of my peers saw me and wanted to be in my room doing the same thing i was doing and these are guys that got guns on the group in their group home and selling drugs in the group home and being game bangers in the group home real tough guys you know what i'm saying doing and, and people saw and people saw that, like the staff members saw that, you know what I'm saying? And wow. they labeled me as a, as, as a great leader. You know what I'm saying? I didn't know what none of that stuff meant. I just knew that I was some sort of, you know what I'm saying, leader in a sense. You know what I'm saying? I just knew I was doing something that made the guys stop doing what they was doing to come do what I do. You know what I'm saying? And then it just turned into something that we just rolled with we were the group home felons we was you know what i'm saying we we started taking those negative things and turning it into positives you know what i'm saying like really making time for ourselves to rap after school going crazy and i just was man i just just rap non-stop every chance i got man it just was a full-blown rapper i would go to record stores and buy singles just to rap on the instrumentals you know what i'm saying and I would get fresh, you know what I'm saying? Cause I used to see red man wear Tim's and wear triple fat goose. And you know what I'm saying? I used to love getting dressed and putting on my big headphones. And, and, you know, I was really 
cultured up in the music. You know what I'm saying? I always was a music head, but you know, when I really turned into a rapper, that would really just gave me my kit, like my headphones and my gear was my kit, was my go-to, was my go-to. And I feel like also, man, um, the group home gave me a strong opportunity. When I was rapping, they put together a grant that would develop this rap group called Ulick Voices. Ulick was the name of the group home. Mm. And um, we would go all over the country performing to various group homes and youth forms, uh, everything that's, that we went through. Uh, uh, as far as like, you know, not being raised by our parents and, you know, uh, neglect and trauma and drugs and stuff like that, that ruined families. And we made an impact, you know what wow. I'm saying? And that would make, I was maybe 19 years old. I remember making that impact. And I was like, man, I really can do this rap. I can do this rap shit, you know what I'm saying? I can really do it, you know what I'm saying? Somebody give me an opportunity, you know what I'm saying? I really could do it. So the group home saw all this leadership and all of this work being done. And they said, man, you know what? Let's get these guys a shot. You know what I'm saying? They, the group home gave me my first record contract. You know what I'm saying? I, wow. I learned about ASCAP and I learned about, like, just being in the group home, like, the stigma of being in the group home has always been negative. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the outcome is always uh, on the negative and not positive. I feel, I feel like I was one of those rare success stories from making it out of uh, – the DCFS system and, and the group home agencies and stuff like that. I went to three different group homes and one mental home before, uh, before I went to group homes, I went to a mental home because my auntie was, uh, she, my auntie was, uh, she was like my, uh, guardian, you mm -hmm. would say. And while she was my guardian, she was learning about, you know, adoption and learning about, you know, taking kids in the custody uh, under their under her custody, and um, she learned that she could get paid more money if she take care of mentally ill children. So her first instinct wow. was to see if I was diagnosed with something. You know what I'm saying? And since I wasn't, she started you know adopting kids. You know what I'm saying? That had mental problems, and I get into it with them, and then next thing you know. Damn. It's a 14 day notice for me to get out of my auntie's house, you know, to kind of like, you know, take care of these kids. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's when I started going into group homes. And that's why when you see psychological cheat sheet, it's for always 14 songs. It's always by myself. And it's all and it's always like something that's relating to those kind of uh, actions that I had in group home or coming up with my family or this that's why it's a lot more retrospective and personal mm -hmm. for me you know what i'm saying that because that's my that was that's my channel to you know when you hear all my other albums you don't get those kind of feels that psychological cheat sheet gives you because i felt like i never had an outlet for that you know what i'm saying so that's so that you know rapping rapping kind of like took over my soul and the group homes actually helped you know what i'm saying and you know, I still have a good relationship with my mom and my dad. You know what I'm saying? Not so much with my pops like that, but with my mom, you know what I'm saying? I have a, you know, me and my mom have a good relationship. You know what I'm saying? And, and she always uh, proud of what I do. And, um, you know, they see what's going on. They see the work 
you know what I'm saying? And they see me talking about them, but they it's my truth. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, yeah. you know, you can't take it away from me. And, um, you know, my mom and my dad, man, my mom always was like big on trying to see if I was going to cuss her out for, <laughs> you know, my past and stuff like that. But, you know, she's like, yeah, your siblings did it. You know, I'm the youngest of four. And uh, she's like, yeah, your siblings did it. You know, you need to, you know, you, I'm waiting on you to cuss me out, you know, and I never did because I felt like the music kind of did that for me. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Kind of like kept me sane and, you know, yeah. healed me from, uh, you know, you know, just from having a rough past, you know, the music kind of did it. So I don't know, you know, if I would have been a great basketball player or not, but I like how, you know, I made the decision to rap and then just kept at it no matter how long it took is to, you know, still persevere and use it as a success uh, or, or a source of success story to somebody else. Yeah, you know, that's beautiful. And really just really happy that you're you're here with us making great music. Like it's just, you're like you said, it is rare, but it's a, it's a really turning negative to a positive, like to say the least. Oh shit, I'm still out here. See the doubt, yeah. I feel it coming all out of my right ear. Talking U.S. dollars, sad thoughts when they want to knock me off with the chopper bullets, copper, lusting and robbing the poor people, all type of wounds on the fucking scoring eagle, invisible as fuck, fuck being visible, y'all steady trying to wonder what the trigger do. I think in your last, like your, especially I find it pretty pronounced in your latest releases, even outside of Psychological Cheat Sheet 3 or any of those series, there really mm -hmm. seems to be like an elevated sense of, uh, you know, purpose or kind of like a, a, a real drive to speak on like mental health and like living in an honorable way for lack of a better words, like tracks like self-care welfare on uh, mudslide. Perfect example. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And even outside of the music, like I know you do some work with the community, uh, with the youth, like, um, you know, given your challenges uh, that you face in your life and like your experiences, like you mentioned it earlier, you see your music as helping others. Like, do you feel a sense of pride or even like a responsibility to spread these kinds of messages in your music to give that guidance to the next generation, if you will? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like there's not a lot of rappers that's doing it on that level. You know what I'm saying? I feel like a lot of rappers motivate and inspire people to get it. Like you see a rapper dressed up crazy, it inspires you to want to do that same thing. But I don't mm -hmm. feel like rappers is tapping in into their vulnerabilities, you know what I'm saying, and making it cool. You know what I'm saying? Now, I ain't trying to, you know, I know mental illness is kind of like the go-to thing for everybody. But, yeah. you know, I didn't have a mental, I didn't have a mental illness but i i was i was tried i was diagnosed and they i remember being in that place for 14 days and all of these different things and i took all those components and tried to put it in my music so i feel like you know that that's 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 what i guess what i'm trying to what i'm trying to say is that that's my that's my way of dealing with all of this stuff you know what i'm saying yeah, I, and I feel like, uh, and that's why I do what I do now. You know what I'm saying? I do, I do the uh, mentoring. I've been at the job that I'm at now, Youth Advocate Program, 15 years. You know what I'm saying? And I've been mentoring for over 20 years. Just, you know what I'm saying? Just giving, you know, what was given to me while I was in those group homes. I feel like that's the service that's needed. It's, it's, it's very rare for a rapper to be, 
you know, out in the field, right in the communities, putting in the legwork that's really needed. You know what I'm saying? And I feel important in that sense. You know what I'm saying? I kind of like, kind of separated. You know what I'm saying? So I just try to instill that in the in, in the kids, man. Mm-hmm. Just show that you can separate whatever you want to do. Just whatever it is that you want to do, just be 10 toes in all of it. You know what I'm saying? I try to display that and um in the music and in the um in the work field. Yeah. I don't know if you said this directly just now, but you basically said it. it's like you make vulnerability cool in your kind of how you carry yourself. Yeah. And that's that's really important. Like uh like I love that, like especially given like where the world's going in so many different ways, I feel like we gotta make that cool because if you're gonna live your life like as like a robot, just like stoic, like you're gonna you're gonna burst one day. Like something's gonna go yeah. go wrong in in your spirit. Like that's it's very important. And you know, like I wanna I wanna get now into these some of these records that you dropped this year because just really really loved all of them. Mm-hmm. You had Mudslide with Small Professor, Still Here with Doctor Mindbender, and then the third installment with uh, August Fanon and Psychological Cheat Sheet Three. And a commonality in these releases, uh, and really for your your most of your career, is that you really seem to like the structure of like the one producer one rapper style why do you like that structure for a record i feel like when you in, when you intimate with a producer you get a lot of work done i feel like i i feel like i have more mirror reflection with producers than rappers interesting you know what I'm i feel like producers work a thousand times more than a rapper does you know what i'm saying and August Fanon is like a person that just sends like mad beats. Oh you know yeah, I've heard, saying? I've heard the stories. It sends mad beats, and I, for me, as an artist, that I, I feel like I am in regards to August Fanon, uh, I kind of like stop what I'm doing to go listen to those records because um, I feel like me and August Fanon is one and the same. Like he's like my he's like my mitten to my hand on the field, like my perfect. You know what I'm saying? For me to catch catch a wave and i feel like you know when you when you lock in with producers um or you feel that type of that that producer give you that feel you get you, you kind of like want to take advantage of that you know what i'm saying uh i felt like i always wanted to work with all our, all the producers that uh small uh, that sean price wrapped uh uh worked with and small pro was one of those guys mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying that was one of his last albums that he was working on um before he passed was with the one with Small Pro. So, you know, I was like, man, you know, he let me hear a few of those records, you know what I'm saying? So I, I wanted to keep that alive, you know what I'm saying? And, and Super Legend, uh, you know, he's another uh, guy mm-hmm. that, you know, I was put on through one of his buddies. And, you know, the music just kind of like blew me away, blew me and my homies away, you know what I'm saying? So I just felt like, and it was like a challenge because it's like these crazy, tricky loops. And I'm like, yeah, man, these joints kind of like resemble me. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? That's why I say it's like a mirror reflection when you're working with producers because some of these producers that I work with, I have, uh, definitely feel like, yeah, this is catered to Vic Spencer right here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, and I kind of like, you know, I kind of like find myself wiggling in with them. You know what I'm saying? Wiggling in, they got, got keys to their crib because it's just like, yeah, you know, I can do a solo album per se, like Bar Wounds and St. Gregory and The Cost of Victory and Duffel of Gems and, you know what I'm saying? But I also can um, 
get intimate with a producer and, you know, uh, make it feel like we're one and the same. Because, you know, uh, a lot of times, you know, you hear artists saying, yeah, you know, I want to be in the studio with the rapper, with the producer, with mm. the blah, blah, blah that I'm doing. A lot of these times, I'm not in the studio with the producer or I haven't yet meet these producers. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like Sonny Jim, I never met Sonny Jim. I never met August for nine. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So I just kind of like give my, I invest a lot in the production that I get. And nine times out of 10, that production be from one producer. Interesting. So it always just turns out to be like, yeah, I'm about to make an album with this one producer. You know what I'm saying? Because it gives me an intimate moment. And then you, you get to kind of like display what I do with my solo albums and put it in these collaborative projects. Like if you see me uh, rapping in big green thumb voice on my albums, that's not uh, with multiple producers, you're going to mm-hmm. hear one of the, you're going to hear that on a, you know, you're going to hear my little sprinkles, my yeah. little, I put my salt bay on a uh, collaborative project, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So just so people could be like, yeah, you know, Vic is involved with this, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, those, those are kind of like, you know, the reason why I be doing um, one-on-ones with one producer is because, you know, it gives me an intimate moment to be with them and find out a reason why I love them and why I want to share it with the rest of the listeners. Yeah, I feel like it's, it's just natural too, like from the producer standpoint, uh yeah it makes you both like the rapper and the producer like invested in it because now it's like their name on it or at least like they're they're part of the thing like as a a featured build producer for the whole thing i feel like that naturally kind of adds to their kind of care that they give but also like as a producer i always say this so like a producer producing a whole project front to back is like a different chamber like that's a different skill that's why i find like with the alchemist he's an example fanon is an example of just like producers that it's it's great to make single beats but to make them all like sequentially flow transitions things like that that's a like a whole different beast and i think uh you've really linked up with some producers that that do that really well and one i want to start with now is with still here with dr mindbender i find the the fascinating kind of like way it was created is really interesting like you guys really had mm. to show faith in one another, in one another to make this project come to fruition. Could you give us more insight into how that project really even came to be? Man, bro, we we started on that project like eight years ago. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. It was an EP at first called Green Light, and um, you know Doc really liked my music at the time. Me and Doc was just filling each other out at the time, and he really enjoyed my music, enjoyed making music with me. So he's like, man, we turn a project to uh, uh, a full length. I say, all right, cool. And while we were working on that, uh, it was this guy named Will Prince Art. He was like a big time artist. I don't know where he's from, but he was at the time, he was known for doing artwork for Wiz Khalifa, uh, uh, man, mad people. Like he was currency. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mad people like on the scene, like that, uh, like the double XL list, Asher off. Like he was doing mad joints, like he was, he was taking off, you know what I'm saying? He was a fan of Doc more than he was a fan of me. So he was like, Yeah, you know, uh, if we, but I like your music and stuff like that, we should, uh, we should do like a Will Prince Art Presents, you know what I'm saying? I do the artwork, 
you know, we we uh, addressed the album under some like modern masters type, you know what I'm saying? Make it about contemporary jazz and about contemporary art. And we use like powerful uh, lectures and, and, and speaker quotes from like different artists like Raphael and Michelangelo. Oh no, I said Raphael, Michelangelo. <laughs> <laughs> That's the cowabunga on PS5 <laughs> in my head. But yeah, you know, but yeah, you know, uh, Michelangelo and all of these different artists uh, from back in the day, uh, and we and we incorporated in the album. So we had to change the album around. You know what I'm saying? So we started reconfigurating the album. I started rapping more about art and uh, and like the contemporary jazz, and and it, but Doc was working on contemporary jazz, and I was focusing on the uh, art, the contemporary art. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We kind of like put both of them together and created an album. And um, and then you know, me and Mick Jenkins get into some type of beef. And um, you know, I started seeing all these people choose sides, and I guess that's when Will Prince Art chose his side, chose to just disappear from the project. It was done like crazy done, and he disappeared from the project. So me and Doc had to go back to the drawing board, wow. and I felt like I felt like at this time, I felt like Doc could have been like dis- uh, not disappointed, but frustrated. Uh, not with me per se, but a little bit because it's like, you know, I'm giving in to all of these different things that's going on. And then a lot of these things happening. So it's like, yeah, he a producer could easily give up. Like, yeah, he man, you know what I'm saying? Working with this artist got too many, you know what I'm saying? But he ain't built like that, you know what I'm saying? That's why I say that. That's why I say that on the song. You know, Doc had plenty of opportunity to kind of like get away from it, and that's mm-hmm. why the album is called "Still Here." Because right after that, we just went in. I just was like pretty frustrated about all of the things that was taking place, and you know, I just was like, "Fuck it, man!" You know, I'm gonna be the, the album's called "Still Here." I I started noticing that I, I rapped about it more. You know what I'm saying on Doc beats because of all of the turmoil that we went through. Mm-hmm. So Doc idea was like, man, well, we make the album into like the capsule. We got so much work. You know what I'm saying? We can show how we started and show how where we at now. You know what I'm saying? We got so much work. And, and Doc is my engineer. So Doc records everything. He record everything that I dropped this year. You know what I'm saying? So he's behind all of my projects. You know what I'm saying? But Doc specifically for still here, his his mindset was like, yeah, man, I want it to be like a time capsule since we call it still here. It shows the growth where we came from, uh, and then it shows us where we at now. Because Doc, as a superb producer, he he put out a lot of dope projects. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I just feel like you know he gets the credit just like I do because you know he was right there in the mud with me. You know what I'm saying? And now that we're still here, we're just showing our asses. And I just feel like, you know, the producers, uh, the the producer could, you know, just be just as good as the rapper. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we still here. We actually persevered through some stuff and went through some stuff. You know what I'm saying? So shouts out to Doc, man. From, yeah, you know, no, he killed that. To stay he with really me. killed that. Yeah, continue to stick with me. And, you know, uh, he, he curated the album, did it very well. And, you know, I was glad to have that relief off me I, I always sequence the albums and stuff like that so ha- having that uh having doc drive that wheel is uh was was a uh a relief and 
a, a dope project overall. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? One of my greatest projects, I feel like. Yeah, I agree. And it's uh it's cool seeing you even like as you're describing like the kind of like what that the conception and like what you were going for would still here. You're like using the terminology of like all these records that you dropped this year, like uh, out the mud, you know, because like you dropped mudslide this and it's just cool how they all kind of like these three records pretty much like they pair a nice picture of you generally, like all these different sides. Um, So speaking of that record with small pro mudslide, this one's definitely a lot more of like a carefree, a little lighter, a little more on like the fun side for you. Uh, so why yeah. was it important for you to make an album that showcases more of like the fun joy that you've been able to experience uh, as a result of all this hard work you've put in over the years? Yeah, I feel like, you know, coming straight off Still Here, Still Here was more like a, you know, a lyrical, uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm still here pointing in your face, you know what I'm saying? Very direct, you know what I'm saying? Very vocal, very expensive. And I think that sometimes when you're getting into that, you could be a lot serious, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But with Mudslide, it gave me a, a way to where I could have fun, you know what I'm saying? And I never looked at rap like fun. I always looked at it like it was work, always, you know what I'm saying? Work, yeah. work, work, work. But I knew that when this album was releasing this year and it was coming after Still Here, it uh, I knew that it would be perfect because, you know, God just came off a serious note. So, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Now I can show people that I'm having fun doing this. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. It's, you know, it's showing my characters. You know, I, I boast about my age and, you know, I'm still having fun about it. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Mudslide also is fun because Sean Price was fun. You know what I'm saying? He worked with Small Pro. So, he was fun. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I just felt like I just continued to carry the torch for Bro and, you know, just try to keep that legacy alive. You know what I'm saying? Having and you know bodying rappers, but doing it in the fun way. I want to make people laugh. I always was big on making people laugh. So, you know, yeah, you know, I, that gave me an outlet to be more fun. You know, what I'm saying with everything. No, I I really like the 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 elements on this record. Like that that storytelling joint that you have on the on the record is just like really one of the wildest most vivid funny shit i've ever heard on a song it's so good it's so <laughs> damn good yeah Crazy. that's just it's i can see it in like the way all the details you put into it i was like damn this is just genius this is so fucking good yeah um appreciate yeah that. no i like the i like the balance that it uh that you give i think generally your music does that like it, it's good to show like highlight challenges highlight like you know real shit that you know, can, can, uh, you know, make people feel kind of down, struggle with, but then also showing like you can still have a laugh and like be happy along the way. Like it's good. It's important. I think to show both of that. Hey, absolutely. I remember when I wasn't even driving, I was still pushing. I didn't have a whip, chick still looking. Soon as I made some shit happen, now they booked me. I used to be in a place where it was junkies and hookers. Nigga grew up on the west side, strolling towns. I've been everywhere. I'm really a city boy. I never take a divvy there. Shit is really scary here. I still survive. It's a lot of times that a nigga could have died. Now I survive in the condo. The group home was temporary. I was only there to make the vision into charity. And uh, yeah, so now I want to get into Psychological Cheat Sheet 3. So this is your latest record. This dropped very recently. You're working with the great August Fanon. And this is your third collaborative album in this series. 
And I think you hinted at this or you, you kind of spoke to it uh, just earlier is that like the connection you guys hold together feels deeper than music. Like it, it's something that I think you've been outspoken in the past outside of just this interview. Um, so can you just elaborate on like why you feel you and Fanon have like this very strong bond and uh, healthy creative relationship? I feel like uh, August Fanon is just like the what what was being done to me when I was uh when I was I don't know how if I'm saying it right but it's like I felt like I was I wasn't I wasn't diagnosed with nothing but August for nine was you know what I'm saying August for nine you know grew up in group homes August for nine has like a similar background I don't want to get too deep in his background but I do want to say that you know he's kind of experienced all of the things that I thought I was going to experience in regards to mental health. You know what I'm saying? So he's like my, you know, like the, he's like my guinea pig per se. He's like my, or vice versa. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, when I talk to him and we talk about age and I'm like, man, dang, I didn't know how old he was and, you know, stuff like that. Like I always felt like, you know, once he told me a little about his story and about how he had took a break from Twitter and, you know, he was blocking everybody and telling everybody, telling me about about that, I kind of understood why. And um, it made me think about, like, how I was being, how I was raised and how, uh, and how I could be plagued in my mind about uh, how I was raised and, and, and just, like, therapy and, and all these different things that I did, but it was I wasn't specifically diagnosed with nothing. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? I don't think I was that. I don't. I don't think I was. I don't know what. Uh, how can I say? I don't know how August for nine. What August for nine was diagnosed with? Uh, I don't want to say what I think. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't want to be wrong. But I, I, I just feel like August for nine was like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Vic, here's your punching bag right here. This is mm-hmm. this is what you've been waiting to relieve. Even though I did all of the group home music, the unique voices, that still didn't give me like what August for nine and psychological cheat sheet gives me. You know what I'm saying? The psychological cheat sheet gives me that I can be vulgar. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't be. I couldn't be. I wasn't cussing on those unique voices records. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I was a professional rapper. All my CDs was made by disc makers and I'm mm-hmm. selling this this, and I'm going performing and I'm thinking about wardrobe and stuff like that. So I, I'm doing all of that. And and um, August for nine, being in that same boat was kind of like, yeah, big man. You know, you found somebody where you could, you found somebody in somebody's music where you can actually chime in and be very candid about how you was raised, how yeah. you lived, how you went through some stuff. Cause this guy did too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you know that, you know what I'm saying? So now that energy is it's like a one man army. You know what I'm saying? And I work on those psychological cheat sheets like this because man, you know what I'm saying? I have so much to say. I stole my files. I stole my group home files. That's how I know about all of the stuff. And I, I went and read about all of the stuff that I was consequent for kissing girls and, 
Wow. You know what I'm saying? Coming home and coming to curfew and smelling like weed and shit like that. I got in trouble for shit like that. I ain't getting in trouble for all of the other hard shit that I've done before. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They never found out about none of that shit. You know what I'm saying? But I just I just looked at that stuff. It's like, man, I always got something to talk about because, man, you know, this is it right here. This this mm-hmm. folder right here, this file that I stole is everything. I can mm-hmm. make I I can make plenty of psychological cheat sheets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. August for nine. I'm gonna tell you like this, man. My goal is to have 14 psychological cheat sheets. 14 to represent the 14 days that I stood uh, in a mental home, Grant Hospital. And in the 14 days that group homes give you when you run away, you know what I'm saying? That's what the 14 represents. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I'll never have no features because nobody can, nobody's rapping like this. Nobody's, you know what I'm saying? The only feature would be people that lived in group homes. Wow. Those are and the I only mean, features. Fanon too, like the, I just imagine it's probably easier for you to be so open when you're working with someone that also just like has that direct experience. Like it, it doesn't feel like a foreigner, someone, an outsider, exactly. like he's, he, he gets the perspective. And that's something like, I, I, I see it so often on these records with you, with the, with Fanon and you is that like the, there's such a very good cohesive connection between you two. Like I'm, I think I tweeted about this earlier this week that like the, mm-hmm. the tear duct tape, like, and a lot of other tracks, like, the beat itself is saying the same thing. It's like on the same wavelength. Like obviously you yeah. need the raps. It makes it better. No shit. But like, it's like, you're yeah. really on the same train of thought. Like it's not disjointed and that you can, you, you can see that in, in a lot of songs yeah. and you can tell, and that, that kind of takes away from the experience, but it's, it's very, it's very clear, very clear. Yeah. I'm done um, with four already. You know what I'm damn. saying? That's crazy. You, you actually know, think you'll do four. 14? Like, is that like, that's a goal, but you think you'll actually get I there? I feel like, I feel like the only way I would get there is if I take a whole year or two and drop all August for nine produced albums, psychological <laughs> cheat sheet. If I drop, if I, it's like say per se next year, if I just dropped all psychological cheat sheets and I dropped four albums, that would be part four, five, six, and seven. You know what I'm saying? I do it all in one year. You know what I'm saying? That would be, I have to do something like that for two years in order yeah. for, I mean, happen, you can't you, know you can't saying? even take shortcuts too because you you've already said it. It's fourteen tracks too, so it's like that's a hundred forty. Yeah. Like you've done four, that's a hundred forty more songs. That is a yeah. lot. You can't do that's some insane. like. And I have yeah. a lot of August for nine beats to do it too, and that's yeah. why I'm saying I have yeah. I've have handpicked like if if I got that many beats, that mean I made a lot of time for to pick those beats from August for nine, and I got beats. That you know, some of those beats on part three, I've been holding for three years. Like lucrative taste, I rapped that. I I recorded that almost three years ago. Wow, you know what I'm saying? And and I feel like you know when I'm doing these psychological cheat sheets, the the shit is timeless because it's really my life. It's really me drilling my personal uh, endeavors in it, and it's personal driven. So it's always gonna feel like yeah, you know. The reason why it's timeless is because people are actually learning or or are still going through the same kind of things that I might have displayed on psychological cheat sheet. Because it's still like some hard body songs on there. Mm -hmm. But the aggression comes from me sitting 
I, like some of these songs, I went and wrote only ignorance when in a group home at a, at, a, at a place where the group home don't exist no more. I went and pulled up and it's like million dollar homes right there. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I just pulled up and I wrote only ignorance wins right there. You know what I'm saying? It was a group home I used to live in called Edison Park Home. And it was in Park Ridge, Illinois. And I was too young to get on public transportation. So I always thought it was in Buffalo, Illinois somewhere. You know what I'm saying? But that, you know, I always remembered the address, 1800 Canfield Road. You know what I'm saying? I knew that fucking mm-hmm. address like left and right. So I just Googled it one day and you know, I was like an hour away. And I went and pulled up. It was, I remember it was cold and sunny as shit. And I just pulled up and wrote only ignorance wins right there. That's had all track. the five beats separate, had all the beats separate, you know what I'm saying? I put them all together. Like, I, I feel like a lot of people be like, yeah, man, August for now, I snapped with it. But you got to give me a little bit of that credit. Yeah, yeah. I took all of those beats. And August for now, sent all five of those beats in different years. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like the third beat on Only Ignorance when I had that uh, for two years before I rapped on it. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So like that's how I that's how I'm working on it. Like every day I'm working on psychological cheat sheets. So you know what I'm saying? So I can know, so I know that I'll know I get to that 14. That's the goal. You know what I'm saying? To get to 14. And you know, the artwork from everything to the artwork to the to 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 me being one on part one, and then it's two of me on part two, then three of me yeah, all that's of crazy. that is. All of, all of that is, you know, well catered and thought of. Shouts to Tim, Uncle Tim. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, man, man, I just feel like um, I also do different photographers, too. So I want to have 14 different photographers that shoot this. So it's been three different photographers. You know what I'm saying? I already got the fourth one picked out. You know what I'm saying? I'm waiting on, uh, I'm waiting to do one more song for a psychological cheat sheet for, and then I'm going to send it to Uncle Tim, and he's going to cook up the next idea. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And then I love that's the going to come out next those. year. I love the It's coming out next year? Yeah. yeah. Psychological cheat sheet for next year. Yeah. Man, I love the aesthetic of it. I just love, like, how these records really feel like they're just, like, pieces of you. And, like, the way you said it, like, you, you, you took the files. Like, they literally are documents, if you will, of you in parts. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I took the file. I said in the song, I stole the file, went in the file. I got a whole lot of shit I could talk about. I, I say it a lot in this in this album mm-hmm. more than anything. You know what I'm saying? And it's in part four, you will start seeing like it like before and after a song. It's like you know I'm being motivated, like I'm self motivating myself while I was in uh, Grant Hospital being diagnosed. I'm self motivating myself to keep myself from um from being like or really losing it you know what i'm saying like i I don't think i really blamed myself for being in all of the mishaps that i was in you know what i'm saying but you know i guess that having that confidence boosting it and talking about it right now knowing that it can help somebody else i guess that helps me heal it helps me heal man Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying it's a psychological g sheet is dear to me man like Anybody could talk shit about any of my other records, man. Don't talk about that record. That record means more. I mean, I'm not, I love all my music. I love it all, man. But psychological cheat sheets 
or deer like you know what i'm saying i'll fuck somebody up about that you know what i'm saying yeah. i had to cut somebody out you know what i'm saying one of my good homies about that album man don't say nothing about this album Mm. So you can talk about any other album you want, man. Don't rate this album. How could you rate something like Tear Duct Tape? How? This is a very yeah, that, emotional that's... record. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? How could you rate something like that? You know what I'm saying? I didn't do that to for it to be promoted. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? I wasn't I wasn't crying when I recorded it. I cried when I wrote it. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But I didn't cry when I was recording it. You know what I'm saying? Because I dealt with the emotion already. But I just feel like, man, people that rate stuff like that, that's just like, man, what are you doing? You know what I'm saying? It's a lot, man, go rate, uh, go rate still here, which is, mm -hmm. I think, is the sleeper of the sleeper of the year. Even though it did well, it's mm -hmm. still a sleeper of the year. You know what I'm saying? It still was a super sleeper. I got hella features on it. I go with a mad album with mad features to an album with no features. Mm -hmm. I go from hard body album then i go to a fun album then i go to a vulnerable album you know yeah. what i'm saying i'm trying to display range in gems not in sound you know what i'm yeah. saying because we really go through stuff you know what i'm saying like i ain't trying to punchline rappers crazy and i'm not trying to uh i'm not trying to sing along on all the damn songs you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. that's what that's that's you know i just i just want to be able to make dope ass music that people can actually say man i learned something from it or yeah you know what vic talk about a lot of shit he might have said one line that resembled something that i could relate to in this song even though he talked about a whole bunch of shit you know what i'm saying but this one thing right here got you know what i'm saying because you can't yeah. win them all and so i just take that same approach with music you know what i'm saying so as long as I got to keep my great ear for production, you know what I'm saying? No matter who it is, it's always going to resemble, yeah, man, Vic Spencer was part of that. Yeah. And you mentioned Tear Duct Tape because that that's the, that I think is the best song you ever made. I'll, I'll say that. That that just Thank you. one of the most soul-bearing songs anybody will hear ever. Um, and there's one line I want to get into. Actually, there's two, but there's one I want to start with. I just kind of want to get your thoughts mm -hmm. on it. It just really stuck yeah. with me. You said, like, I think my, and let me know if I'm butchering the line, by the way. I hope I'm saying it right. Is like, I think my tears really carry my life. They over hurdles, look like I'm moving forward, but I'm just going in circles. That mm -hmm. one was like, I don't know what, I don't really even, like, could you, like, open up about what you really meant by that? I think I understand where you're going with it. Um, and I just feel like I really relate to that, that one. Is it just like yeah. you're kind of like your sadness kind of drives your life in a way? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I feel like, man, if I'm sad about something, I'm trying to figure out, you know, I know why, but I'm still trying to figure out like, how could I, how could I benefit from it in my internal self? Like, how could I really benefit from me showing the emotion to myself? Like, that's how I'm really trying to think. So I'm trying to carry my life in a regard where how am I really healing from it? How am I healing from this, from this, uh, from this moment or from whatever that, that brings sadness to me? You know what I'm saying? And, and, um, that's what gets me over. That's what gets me over the hurdles. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, I, I, sometimes, you know, just, just like when we was talking about with the artist thing, you know what I'm saying? 
you might be thinking you getting somewhere, but you just going in circles. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because like, man, I didn't feel like I done did songs with everybody, but why am I still in this same space? I should yeah. be in a better space than, you know what I'm saying? And that can be a sign of discouragement. You know what I'm saying? And that's all trauma. That's all traumatic stuff. You know what I'm saying? That can bother. That's very emotional. You know what I'm saying? And being able to, I just wanted to be able to share that I was very emotional about mm-hmm. uh, about stuff like that. That was just like a prime example. That ain't what that ain't what I was specifically talking about in that verse. But that's an example of what that could be. It's yeah. just a, it was a general statement. Like, man, I could just be going in circles about everything. Like, you know what I'm saying? You know, they don't want to. They don't want to hear you on records like this. They rather hear, see you talk about guns. They rather see you pissed. They rather like mm-hmm. that's that's what they rather rather for you to do but i you know i'm trying to stick out and um be a sore thumb in that regard and yeah you know it's a tough it's it's a tough record that's a that was a tough one to make and mm-hmm. i really had thoughts bad like not bad thoughts but like i wanted to be very selfish and not put that record out like i wanted to keep that for myself like a lot of those songs on psychological tc3 is songs that I wanted to keep to myself to mention. You see that as being you myself. see that as being selfish if you weren't went to put yeah. it out. Wow. Yeah, I feel like that's being selfish. You know what I'm saying? Why would I hold on to some music that could actually help somebody? Wow. You know what I'm saying? Why would I hold on to it? You know what I'm saying? Because of my selfish ways. Like, yeah, I don't want nobody. My whole selfish being about it is like, man, I don't want nobody saying nothing bad about this record. That's mm-hmm. why you know what I'm saying. I ain't want to put it out. Because it's like, yeah, the world is mad sensitive. The world going to troll you. You know what I'm saying? And this album ain't for that. This album wasn't made for uh, uh, for, for ratings and rankings. I mean, it's, it's welcome, but mm-hmm. it wasn't made for that. I mean, I, when I want people to listen to, I want people to listen and be like, yeah, you know what, man? Vic been through some shit and Vic is still persevering. You know what I'm saying? So why can't I, or why why can't I encourage somebody else that's in this same predicament as Vic? I, I'm not close to Vic, but I'm close to somebody that's been in this situation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's accountability and vulnerability and all of that, man. You know what I'm saying? That's what I wanna, want to be discussed. Like, man, Vic is one of the first rappers that actually put his heart on off his sleeve and put it in a record. You know what I'm saying? And that's, I mean, I'm not saying like other artists don't don't speak from the heart and all of that. I'm just saying on this specific level of mm-hmm. being vulnerable of, or or self-teaching or, you know, ain't nobody looking in the mirror and saying, yeah, man, you fucking up. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's what psychological cheat sheet does for me. Like, yeah, Vic, man, you, you really got to get over what the fuck you're going through. That's why lucrative taste Lucrative taste. I cried when I heard that beat, bro. Like I was crying. But the reason why I was crying is because when I was listening to it, I was, I was, I was like in the beginning of that song, I'm talking shit in the song, in the beginning of the song. Mm-hmm. I was talking shit. I was in my car by myself talking shit like you would talk shit on the beginning of a record and started crying. Wow. It was the horns. I don't know what was, but I was. I don't know what was bothering, but I knew that I was going to murder that joint. You know what I'm saying? And 
that was a joint that, you know, I didn't even know that was going to be the last joint. That was the first joint I recorded for part two. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, that I know joint this... is powerful. The it's horns really on there. It's, it just drives me nuts just thinking about that shit. Just like, ah, oh, you know, that's that's what I want people to get. That's the energy I want people to feel from this. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? I know it's going to be some people that's going to critique the album. And they're going to do it well. If you do it well, then I'm not going to be offended by it. But if mm-hmm. you're just talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you just actually skimmed through my shit. You didn't listen to this shit. Yeah. And yeah. I ain't even doing it for a month. Like, I'm not trying to be technical. I'm not trying. I'm just saying, if you really listen to this shit, then you will get it. Like, it's not no technical rap. It's not. I've never been a technical rapper. You know what I'm saying? I've always been straight, raw, get to the point, realism rap. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's what I wanted. I wanted to portray that on an ultimate level. You know what I'm saying? That somebody can actually actually take and and, and go and go places or learn from a Bible or or a book that or that you went to school learning about. You know what I'm saying? Whatever. You know what I'm saying? It, I just wanted to be perceived in that light as opposed to some bullshit ratings. And mm. you know what I'm saying? I got. I made. I made mudslide you know what i'm saying people ran and raved about that crazy you know what i'm saying so i'm happy for that i'm happy that i'm able to put out these three albums and then they you know they transcend different ways you know what i'm saying but i wish that still here would have got the same love that mudslide got you know what i'm Mm -hmm. saying or i might feel like still here should have got the same love that psychological cheat she got but mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I feel like those different wavelengths, that's what people need to pay attention to. Cause it's like, yeah, Vic is being lyrical here. Vic is being fun here. Vic is being serious here. Yeah. That's yeah. That's and what I want people to get. The the other part of that, that like one another line that really caught me with that same song, it's a really, really great song, uh-huh. is uh felt very illuminating to you as a person generally it's like you say uh get me out of my thoughts i pull out the pad because the pen is my god trying to get out of my head every day and then it relates to like the hook of nobody nobody to help so i wrote a song for me and i i I just wonder like given everything you said now that like i didn't even know some of this stuff like given everything you said about uh being in the group home and like that kind of like started your rap like taking rap seriously and really pursuing it like might be a dumb question, but like where where do you feel like you'd even be in life if you somehow never got the chance or yeah, never got the opportunity to really pursue music? And also your like basketball aspirations were were throated as well. Like, where do you think you'd even be? Like, how would you how would you process emotions uh in times of need without music? Man, I I'd be dead in jail, man. I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. I I'd probably no. be dead in jail if I didn't, you know what I'm saying, pursue in the in the in the way that I do with the with the with the art and with the craft and, and for the music, man. I don't think you know it was ain't nothing else left for me to do. You know what I'm saying? Basketball, you strip that away, you strip the music away, I'd be I would have been game banging, bro. You know what I'm saying? And it would have been I wouldn't have been nowhere, man. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So I just feel like, man, I was grateful to go through what I went through. You know what I'm saying? Because although my mom might be looking for me to cuss her out, I still don't blame her or my mom 
I mean, him, my mom or my dad for, you know, what happened to me. You know what I'm saying? Because how I grew up and how I made it, it's not there. It wasn't because of them, they messing up. You know what I'm saying? It's because I took my life in my own hands, man, and, and made something happen. So I give myself a lot, a pat on the back. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, man, I did, I did this. You know what I'm saying? And and when you're doing that, you're not busy thinking about what somebody else, like the biggest, the, the biggest leaders ain't thinking about what else somebody else did to them. Thinking about what they, you know what I'm saying? Like, how could they have did better for themselves? Like, man, what could I have done better? You know what I'm yeah. saying? So that's my that's my whole man, my whole approach. I'm just like, man, over the overall thoughts of man. What if I would have never? What if I wouldn't have never uh, did rap, or uh, or rap or basketball, or any of that, man? Because I suck at basketball right now. Bro. You know what I'm saying? I suck. <laughs> but you know, just to be a, just just to be able to take all of that energy and put it into rap, and um, and not carry myself how most people that's in my situation would be. It's, yeah. And it was, it's very normal. It was normal for me to be that way. Like, you know what I'm saying? Cause I took my life. I put matters in my own hands. I took, I took my life and was like, Hey, this is yours. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to continue to blame other people or are you going to, you know, look what's in front of you and, and work with what you got? You know what I'm saying? That's the route that I chose. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Work what I got. And then, you know, like me and my, I feel like me and my siblings got our own shit going on. We all like, like, I, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you a secret, bro. In part four, in psychological cheat sheet four, bro, it is so real, bro. It's some songs on there that is so real. It might break my, my, my family might be looking at me a certain kind wow. of way because, you know, um, it's a song. I don't know the name of it, man. Damn, I shouldn't know the name of it. It's something, but uh, it's. It, I talk about how my cousin was on Facebook one day talking about how her mom had fifteen kids and none of them went through the system and this and that. And I, I could have took that as like a shot. Yeah. But you know what I did? I said we was the family that everybody else in my family had to learn from. Like, all y'all had to learn from my mom's mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? We was the ones in the crack era. You know what I'm saying? We was the ones that was in the system. You know what I'm saying? So when she said, yeah, my mom didn't have us in the system, I could have, if that was anybody else, they could have been, you know, they could have took offense to that. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I took it as like, I took offense to that, but it was like, it was towards my mom them like yeah because you're not shooting a shot you're not shooting a shot if the shot is the truth like that's the truth yeah you know what i'm saying yeah my mom yeah you know what i'm saying my mom had us in the system you know what i'm saying so it pointed the finger at them like yeah man y'all was weak as hell for losing y'all kids but on the flip side our family really deserves some props because we stopped everybody else from they we y'all learn from our mistakes mm-hmm. and also your 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 mama had all those kids but my mama had four kids and all of them married none of her kids are two or three of them are mm-hmm. out of the 15. so i said that in the song like we was taken away from our parents but now we all married 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the, that's the, that's how I deal with, 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 with my shit. That's, that's, that's the, uh, how could you say it? That's the voodoo doll to the, you know, when, mother, when you see something that you don't like, you know what I'm saying? That's how I be able to work work with the work with what's being said to me or work with why my mom felt like I should cuss out. This is how I'm getting yeah, it done. In the music. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm still talking about how my mom was weak. I still talk about that. Like, you know what I'm saying? I still talk about how my parents gave us up. I still I love them, but I still talk about it. You know what I'm saying? And then I don't I don't talk about it because it's more so how can I say it more so like it stuck to me like I got the grudge. Mm-hmm. It's more so it's helping somebody else. Yeah. Because I can, I, I mean, everything that you're speaking about, like I can, I just see the, the maturity that you're displaying and like the music and how you're speaking about now is like, that's not easy to get to. That's not, I know that's a yeah. place that you must have worked incredibly hard to, to, to kind of be able to say that sentence. Like, I feel like she was weak, but I still love her like that. Those are just that that's, that that's incredible to be able to actually yeah. mean that, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, I talk to my mom every day, so it's like you know what I'm saying. It's not nothing bad. It's just that you have to accept how. I think that my mom. Well, I ain't gonna say she she has to. I think that my mom accepts the way I uh, how I deal with it. You know what mm. I'm saying? Yeah. I don't think that she. I don't think that she's holding the grudge. She ain't calling me every bosh. Oh yeah, you, you, you know, you sending you like rap genius quotes. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah, Jack. So she ain't she, she ain't coming at me like that. But she, you know, if I say something, she's like, man, you okay? You know what I'm saying? You know, you can talk to me about anything, you know. Yeah. But it ain't about that. I I did I told her like, you know, this gonna benefit somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. My turmoil is gonna impact somebody else it's gonna be mm-hmm. impactful and you know she accepts that understands that and you know i don't talk to my dad about it you know what i'm saying if he here I, I feel like my dad like supports me from a distance he ain't really listening to my music if he was he'd be just like my mama uh, mm. you know are you okay you know you know so it is what it is so i just you know go with my do my work and that's how i know that none of my family members really listen to my music because I feel like all of the stuff that I be talking about could be bringing some heat in the yeah, family. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And that's you know, and that, and, and and maybe that might be a good point to stand on in upcoming psychological she she albums. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, pound hard on the honest. You know what I'm saying? While that's continuing to work on uh, how that's helping others. It's also making me realize that my family, my immediate family, is not behind my music like that. And it just be, and then, and then it's on it. Then it's it's to the point where everything I said or everything I went through was right. You know, yeah, Vic was right because you know everything that he's talking about. You know, if y'all ain't actually paying attention to that shit, then you're not really listening. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like last night, my pa I had a party, and. I don't mean to be talking all alone, but I had a party and I sat and watched my guys rate their favorite Vic Spencer albums. Just for them to do that, it's like a eye opener for me. You know what I'm saying? Because mm. 
I got family members there, nothing against them, but you couldn't have that conversation with them. Go ask my cousin, what's the name? What's my top three? What's your top three Vic Spencer albums? They couldn't do it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They couldn't do it. And it's okay, but uh, you know what I'm saying? I want to see the sep- I want the separation to be in the database system. You know what I'm saying? And the music <laughs> is the database system. So that's you know, that's my that's that that's that's my go-to now, you know what I'm saying? To see who's really rocking ribbon and psychological GC3 is gonna determine that. Gonna show me you know, it's gonna be my uh, perimeter key to find out who that who those people are and how yeah. I can identify them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, man. Like, I, I want to. You've been talking a lot about these upcoming projects. Like, what is there any ones you want to shout out that are coming out, and let's say like the next year that you're working on? I might drop another album this year, man. Oh shit, man. Damn. Yeah, I might drop another album this year, man. Uh, uh, if I want to, you know, uh, throw the cat out the hat, it it, it might be uh, Stu Bangers. Oh shit. Album with Stu nice. Bangers. You know what I'm saying? And that that's another display of uh of sonic, a different sonic, uh, uh sonically a different, a sonically different Vic Spencer. That's what I wanted to say. Like if I drop that album this year, you'll see the difference in all of the four. And I think it just brings back, I think that if it does drop this year, it'll be an album that brings back still here, you know what I'm saying, feel because mm-hmm. still here is more of a you know, when you listen to Stu Bangers, he's more of a boom bap yeah. uh, producer. Doc, per se, let me sit in the passenger seat when he was producing some of these records. And, you know, some of those, some of the production, I, I did some, I had my hands in and mm-hmm. still here. I only had my hand in one beat on the, st- on the Stu Bangers album. So, and you will hear that. And it's a track seven. I love all my track seven. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And it, 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 you're like, damn, Vic, why are you rapping over this? It's because, mm. yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's one of those, it's definitely one of those you wouldn't think Stu Bangers had something to do with uh, on that album, only one song. But the rest of those beats sounds like, yeah, Vic Spencer is definitely uh, a, a, a hip-hop lover because he's rapping over these kind of beats. It's kind of insane, you know what I'm saying? It's definitely mm-hmm. different from psychological cheat sheet still here. It's definitely different from all of it, and um, yeah, I I, I would expect that uh, album to impact, pun intended, because the name of the album is called Impact. Mm. Uh, I might punch a car today. That's what it stands for. The acronym Impact. I might punch a car today. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's so, so good. You know, Holy shit. Yeah. So that's so that's so that might come out this year, you know what I'm saying? And then I'm you know, uh I have next year all the way planned out. I just don't want to tell you the names of the albums because they might change. Yeah. But mad albums are done. You know what I'm saying? Nice. A lot of albums with me having multiple produ- producers on it is is done. You know what I'm saying? So uh I spent the last two years making collaborative projects. You're definitely gonna get some projects with me. Uh, get me on some sovereign beats. You're gonna get. Oh you're fuck! Gonna hear She's me. so good. Yeah, She's so good. You're gonna man. you're gonna hear me on some sovereign beats. You're gonna hear me on some Don Carrera beats. You're gonna hear Ooh. me on some productive beats and stuff like that. Oh, so you know, I'm those are some here. big names yeah. you just mentioned. Really up and coming like that. Have mad impressed me. Every beat has just been like top tier. 
Yeah. So you, you know, you, I don't want I don't want people to feel like, yeah, I'm just doing these albums and stuff like that. You know, I'm I, I've been in talks with Sunny Jam on making something in regards to Spencer for Hire, and uh, I've been rocking with the standouts that works with uh, Jamal Gasol real close, and they just did some work for Ella G. So you know, I just you know I'm. I'm 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 pumping. I'm pumping. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I got a lot of my friends production, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like, you know, I I I got some I got some heat coming in uh 2023. It's already it's already lined up and uh psychological she she four and album with A Villa. A lot of collaborative projects is on the way too. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Both in both in both departments, it's a lot coming up, you know what I'm saying? Um this weekend, I worked on an album with this uh, this young lady by the name of Alexis. She's an R&B singer, and she uh, produces as well. And mm-hmm. you know, I found her music on SoundCloud. I reached out to her, and she actually liked my music, too. Like, she was already a fan of my music, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm actually going to work with Alexis. I'm like, I've been just listening to, digging down the rabbit hole, listening to all the music. And we finished our album this weekend. So is it like you know, a rap album? Is it like R and B? Is she I'm like doing R and B shit on it? She's singing on it. I mean, I felt like cool. man when I I told her, I told her like man, if I'm gonna do this album, you gotta sing on all the records. You know what I'm saying? And I'm saying it like in some of my lyrics on the album too. Like man, you know I need some singing on this shit. You know mm. what I'm saying? It might sound like it don't need no singing on it, but the the perfect contrast is what I see when I look at her, it's like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? This, it can be something that I've never done before. Like I'm hella singing on there and it's like structured songs and you know what I'm That's saying? That's going to be cool. That's going to be cool flavor for you. I'm, I'm excited to hear that. Is it, is it spelled Lexus like the car? L-E-X-U-S. Yep. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yep. I'll she goes by acoustic funk box on, on, on social media platforms, but she's nice. Lexus L-E capital X. US on Spotify and, and Apple Music. She's really, really dope. You know what I'm nice. saying? You listen to her music, you'll be like, oh yeah, I know I see why Vic doing the album with her. Yeah. She got the unorthodox wave and real cold with it. You know what I'm saying? She's definitely under the uh I never know how to pronounce her name. Uh Liv L I V. Yo, I, I had Liv in my head when you said like the exact description. I was like, oh, Liv, someone <laughs> like Liv. I thought, yeah, yeah, I think it's live. I think I it's live. I love her, man. She's dope as fuck, yeah, man. She's incredible, <laughs> man. The, the, yeah. She's she's one of the best. One time, man, I'm like, oh, you're live, man. You know what I'm saying? She's so young believe. too. Like she's she's pretty young, right? Yeah, I mean, she looks young. I don't know how young she is. I feel. I mean, I don't know her age. I don't want to speculate, but I think I remember seeing it yeah. mentioned once, and I was like, damn, she's young. Like, damn, she's she's is so she like incredible. grown. She passed twenty one. She like mid twenties. I think she's like early twenties, yeah. But like I'm, I'm twenty seven, so like I don't know. I'm just still, I'm at the age where now I'm realizing I'm actually older than like a lot of artists these days. And like, damn, weird. <laughs> I'm just used to everybody yeah, being older than me, you know. Like now I'm like, damn, yeah. I'm actually like kind of, you know, you know. Anyways, uh, man, thank you. Like this has been an incredible conversation. I'm really, really happy you came on. I think people who listen really get some more insight into you know, what you really, all the work that you put in and, and the, the love that you really give the music. It's, it's, it's amazing. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate you taking the time to rock with me, man. Deal with me. All right, man. Well, that's it, man. Take care. Really appreciate the time and yeah. Excited for all this new work. 
Cyprus and what? For real. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming, my dog. Yeah. It's coming. Peace. Yeah, yeah. Peace and love. Keeping my feelings away is hard to do. So much shit on my brain is fucking hard to move. I'm not the smartest dude, but my intuition tells me something bad is brewing inside the kitchen. My stomach hurt, I don't wanna eat. No matter how faithful you are, bitch is gonna cheat. So I pull out my cheat sheet, try to numb my thoughts. That shit not working, now it's time to get these bars off. I've been crying hard at night, soon as a teardrop, I wipe my face, pick up my pen and write. So there we have it, another episode of the Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV. I hope this episode gave you some new perspectives and insights into what the greatest art form known to man in hip-hop music has to offer. If you want to support the show in the most meaningful way possible, it would be my absolute honor to have you as a patron in the new Rap Music Plug podcast Patreon. Through this Patreon, you will be getting exclusive content such as bonus episodes, exclusive album recommendations, exclusive playlists, early access to episodes, and more. And above all though, you will be able to support the show directly in a way that will not only justify the crazy amount of time I spend on this show already, but allow me to cover some of the expenses related to supporting all of these great artists that we cover on the show through the website and will allow us to sustain and build on this amazing growth that the RMPP has experienced recently. Big shout out to Dano of Free Music Empire, Levi, Steel Tip Dove, Kakoa, Mahima, Jeff, Mitch, Dash Lewis, Pancake Cleaner, Trey, Noah, Justin, Brandon, Joe, Gavin, Matt, Teddy Faley, Jackson, Kian, Slumber Logic, Fatman Tomb, and Khalid for your generous support through the Patreon. I really appreciate it. So if you have any questions about any of the Patreon stuff or just want to keep tabs on the show, interact with me on rap music and all the great stuff that we can talk about, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rapmusicplugpod or shoot me an email at qlctv.podcast at gmail.com. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify as well. But that's enough self-promotion for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Peace.